Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Steve Watson is the founder of Trendbreakers, a community of finance, human resources, and benefit professionals on a mission to break the trend of rising employee health care. Where, and they're usually fighting against each other, <laughs> but I've been doing that for the last 10 years. Worked for a company of about 500 employees, and about 10 years ago, I had the unfortunate experience of having a really big rate increase. So I had a 30% rate increase on my employee benefits. And so one of the things I was tasked with was negotiating benefits for all the employees at the company. And that rate increase turned into hundreds of thousands of dollars of expense for the company and for the employees. And it, it just really ticked me off. I knew how to negotiate everything else in my company about, you know, paper and rent and salaries and stuff, but health insurance was just this black hole. And so for the last 10 years, I've been on this journey to, to really figure that out. And what's amazing is once, once you start diving into it, one, first off, you start seeing how messed up this world is. And then you start seeing opportunities. And by making a few different tweaks, I was able to save $500,000 from my company. And now I enjoy sharing that with other, other employers. And I've set up a community called Trendbreakers to bring employers together to share and and replicate those successes. Well, certainly, uh, those must have been some good tweaks to save half a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, good, and I mean, it just adds up a lot too. And so, again, four hundred, five hundred employees on a on a plant mm. isn't that big of a company, but it's, it's just so expensive. I think you know, twenty years ago, we were spending five thousand dollars per year for the you know that's the employer share and employee share on insurance. And now most of our deductibles aren't even that. Now the overall cost is like twenty thousand dollars per employee per per family, and so it just it just adds up really fast. And so again, small tweaks can make a big difference. Which is so true in in, in every aspect of life, but but certainly that. So you talk about how, how health insurance was a black hole, and you really were able to to pretty uh, pretty easily understand the different cost items and centers across the rest of the business, but not health insurance. And you got irritated or pissed off about a rate increase, so so you started digging in. And okay, so what what are some of the big problems that 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 when you look at the industry, you can point to as to why costs are rising like they are? Uh, so a, a big problem right out the gate is employers don't talk directly to insurance companies. They we all use a broker, and unfortunately, those brokers are incentivized counter to what we really want them to be and so they get they get commissions off premiums and so as premiums go up they get paid more and so you think about that broker in that situation i told you about they were getting set to get a 30 percent raise and i was taking a hit so again these are the people that i bring into my house or in my company and i'm talking to them helping me to lower the cost but most of us don't work harder to get paid less 
So that was the very first thing that I changed. I remember looking at them and saying, look, I'm not giving you a 30% rate increase just because I, I had a large claim and my, my insurance rates are going up. So we changed that to a fee-based system. And I started taking control of that relationship. And so the insurance company taking control of that. And that was just the first step in a long, a long process. But it's an easy one that employers can take. So when you say it's easy, that's that's a matter of what? Of saying I need to find a, a new broker who I can have a a, a, a flat fee relationship with? I mean, you, you can, or you can just work with your own broker and just say, look, I, I don't want to, I don't want you to get paid commissions anymore. We're going to change this to a fee base. And if you have more than 50 employees, you have every right to be able to to control that that conversation and to set those those rates. Actually, if you dig into like the way that they're paid, insurance companies will usually dictate how much commissions they get up to about 50 employees. And then after that, they just say negotiable. And unfortunately, usually what happens is the broker actually puts into those quotes how much they should get paid. So if you just hear, and hear me that correctly, they, they put in how much they should get paid. Now, I don't think they should control that. I think you as an employee, you are bringing in them them into your your office and they come in and they tell you look i represent you i'm not tied to any any company but they they are because those companies are the ones setting their their commissions and their their rates and they can give them bonuses and different things but you can set that you can say look from now on moving forward we're going to change this relationship i want to be fee-based and you'll be surprised at how many of them will just do it and will allow you to set those, those rates. And, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't make money. I mean, everybody needs to make money and be sustainable and stuff. But what, what I always get more fired up about is like those incentives should align. They should be winning when you're winning and losing when you're, you're losing. That's the partners that you should, you should have. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And I can certainly see where incentives would be misaligned if when you as the company are, are taking a 30% hit, why would, your benefits partner be getting a 30% raise. It doesn't, that's. Yeah, and, and too many too many times what happens is brokers will come and present what's good for them, not so much what's good for you. An analogy I use with employers, and again, if you're not in this world, sometimes it's like, you're like, well, I can't be that messed up. But, but here's the analogy. is It's like going and buying a used car, not knowing anything about the used car market showing up there and, and that salesman comes out the door and says, look, I represent you. I can find find the best thing for you. You don't agree on commissions, rates, contracts, anything, but they go out on their lot of a hundred different cars and they bring four to you and then say, well, here's the four best options for you. Which one do you want to take? And then you kind of push back a little bit and you end up picking, picking one of them and then driving off. Like you have no idea if those four cars were the best for you, best for them, the commissions, like were they getting a bonus that they sold the four that have been having moving for a while. And it happens all the time within health insurance where, for example, in Arizona, we're both in Arizona, there's a big carrier here that was giving bonuses to, to brokers if they sold one plan. And so when that broker comes to your company and they present, you know, here's three different carrier options are they pushing the one carrier option because again, it's good for you or is it because that's the one that has the bonus on it? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. So why do you think that, that HR folks or, or CFO folks don't have this conversation with, with their, with their brokers? Is it that they don't know or are they uncomfortable having that conversation? We just don't know what we don't know. I mean, nobody's trained us. There's no outside resources yet that you can go find. There's no Yelp reviews. 
And I think too many companies, unfortunately, they, they give it to HR to, to manage this process. And HR's role is to recruit and retain employees. And so they're going to be more focused on, on getting the bells and whistles in there, making sure they're compliant, making sure the administrative burdens is less, and they're not held accountable to the financial results of that actual plan. And because, finance, I don't know, it just gets touchy too. And so again, finance is sitting there, so they're more of the analytical ones can dis- discover the value, but because it's sitting in somebody else's area and because it's something that touches every single employee, it's like, eh, maybe I just don't want to touch that one. And and then you're like, well, but I have a broker. I like the broker. They, they say they have my best interest in mind. Health insurance keeps going up everywhere. So I just assume that, you know, if we only get a 2% rate increase that, we're doing fine and we just kind of move on got it i think that certainly makes sense but so there's a lot in there i mean one is the partners we work with part of it is like it's just siloed into two different Mm -hmm. two different areas part is like we just we don't hold anybody accountable to those costs like who gets fired at the company if the rates keep going up like nobody we just kind of assume that's what happens and unfortunate yeah and and it's i think that is unfortunate and for I have all the all the empathy and sympathy in in, in in the world for folks in human resources because I know that they're pulled in so many different directions and oftentimes they're tasked with things that are that they've never learned about and that's true of people in every role within every company so I totally get it but so right. this is exactly what you're working to address with trend breakers yes you are developing a community of these different people in, in these different seats for lack of a better term and then educating them and you know, from my experience, whatever you're trying to solve, if you can have a more collaborative approach, the better. Oh, exactly. And and the only reason I really fell into this is because 10 years ago, the HR director quit at my company and they looked at me and said, well, HR finance is about <laughs> the same thing. We'll give it to you. And I'm like, I, I don't know in what world it's the same thing, but I'm like, okay, if I took it on, I'm, I'm somebody, if you're going to give it to me, I'm going to learn all about it. If I went to license HR, I go to all the HR conferences and I was able to see it from both angles and to be able to really, you know, say, well, we have benefits to recruit and retain employees. we got to have, that's why we do it. But we also have to, you know, be good stewards of that money, both for the company and for all those employees. And the only way you can really determine the value is compare the, the, the prices with the, what you get out of the bells and whistles there. And you just determine if it's, if it's valuable or not. And again, I was doing this all for me, trying to figure out for my company and doing it. And then I just started talking to a lot of my, my peers about the same area. And a lot, most of them were like, well, yeah, we just don't understand this area or we think we have a good broker. And then the, the big catalyst was, is I, I have a consulting company where I'm a CFO for small companies and I ended up doing it for a broker as you know, being their CFO. And I just got to peek behind the veil and just see all the stuff going on, all the finance stuff going on. And I just really thought if employers knew all this information, they'd make better decisions. But it just wasn't out there. I couldn't find it. And so I just said, well, maybe I'll start it. So I started up some a Facebook group, a LinkedIn group, started bringing employers in. And now we have about 300 employers. And it's just amazing the stories that you start hearing, like where they're saving money and how they're saving money. And then you just pick out the ones that you can replicate in, in your own area. And I think it's just a disservice that we haven't done this in the past of shared this information. Like if I'm in social work and the company across the street, the hotel, like we're not competitors. There's no competitive advantage if we're sharing information about our health benefits and health insurance and, and stuff. And so there's more opportunities to help. Than yeah, to yeah, I totally agree. And there's probably, 
you know, just just because there 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 wasn't a group like this in existence before, so probably people were a little bit slow to to adopt it or to get in and then feel comfortable sharing. But it certainly makes sense to me that the more open and honest, at least to the degree that you can be, with best practices, um, without sharing any you know trade secrets or anything like that, then really everybody's going to benefit from it. And the more transparency you can get, the better. Yeah, and and, and they're not trade they're not trade secrets because it's just like, how do you buy benefits? Like who are you using? What kind of the plans are you set up on? How do you structure it in a better way? What are examples? So again, these are all things outside of their, their industry specific trade secrets, right? Like we don't, we don't get into like their actual claims and salaries and all that stuff, their companies, but just generic things that can be replicated across industries. Yeah. So what are some things now that you've been at this for a while from your personal experience, but also, from experiences from the people that are members of trend breakers that have really stood out as, Oh wow, this is a great way to, to bring everybody together to start actually reducing the cost of healthcare. Um, so the first, the first thing I would say is it, it, it's just breaking through that myth that it always goes up. Like we just have it ingrained every year that if we only get a two to 5% rate increase, that we've somehow done a good job and that we're doing better than the 10% increases that everybody throws at you to like make you worried about it. And so what's been nice is seeing this group and so you're starting to see more and more, like I saved 5%, I saved $100,000 here, I saved $50,000 here. And so it makes it, it normalizes that process that you can make a difference, that you don't have to sacrifice the care, the quality of that plan. It's just finding things at, at a better at better rate. And so you start hearing those stories and it again normalizes it to you. So that's been helpful in that group. And then we just start started some of the basic things that are very helpful for everybody. And so I just actually just did a webinar last week about negotiating benefits during COVID nineteen because this worry that during this pandemic that we're in the rates are just gonna skyrocket and it's actually the opposite of what's happening right now is that claims are way down. And so while we've all shut down, there's no knee surgeries going on, there's no eye surgeries, there's none of those things. So the overall claims are down. And so companies are in a position that they really, if they can know their claims data, they can use that to leverage into lower rates moving forward, not higher rates. So we talked a lot about just knowing your claims, knowing what a good claims level is and how to leverage that. Yeah, in the future. well, that certainly makes sense, right? Yeah, because there are no 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 elective procedures going on right now. All right, so. But if you don't think about that, I mean, the insurance company comes to you and says, "Look, COVID nineteen is going on. We're gonna have to raise rates. We don't know what when there's uncertainty. Insurance mm. wants to go higher, and so you just get a you know the kind of well, like I just had a friend of mine, for example, they just came and said, "Look, everything that's going on right now, we'll actually give you a two percent rate reduction." And so my friend's like, "Ah, that's awesome. Two thumbs up. I'm ha- I'm happy. I'm leaving." But then I said, well, let's, let's hold on a second. And so we looked at their claims last year and out of, you know, like a million dollars of premium that they had, they paid the insurance company, the insurance company only had $600,000 worth of claims. And the year before that, they'd only had $400,000 worth of claims. So they were making all of this money off of, off of their company and they were only going to give her a $20,000 discount. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I mean, you should be getting 10, 15, 20% rate reductions. But without that claim to date, it's hard to know what's a good renewal or, or not. Yeah, I think that definitely makes sense. Love it. Well, Steve, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? 
So something that everybody can benefit from is, is an app called GoodRx. And it's an app you don't have to give any personal information. It's free, but it, it gives, and I'll just tell you a quick story. So I had allergies in my eyes last year. I go to the pharmacist, the pharmacist's like, oh, this is gonna be pretty expensive, it's $235. I'm like, oh, so we pull out our insurance card, right? And I like, well, I got insurance and it was $231. I was like, oh, good job, the insurance company, you paid me four bucks. Then I pulled out GoodRx and same prescription at the same store, everything exactly the same, but using that GoodRx app, just showing them the GoodRx app, the little code on there, it was wow. $75, $150 cheaper. And if I drove three miles away, it was wow. 20 bucks. And same prescription, same everything. And so that's $200 cheaper. And that's just one transaction for one employee. So everybody should be using that, should be pulling that out when you go to the, the, the pharmacy. But as employers, again, that's one transaction for one employee. How many hundreds of thousands of dollars for all of your employee transactions are going on? And how can you do that in a, in a better way? And that's a lot of the stuff that we talk about in Trendbreak. Well, like that is great stuff. That definitely gets. Come on. Come on. That's a got to download that good rx app right now i think that's that's incredible exactly really steve good. thank you so much for coming on where can savage nation learn more about you and how can they get involved with Trendbreakers? you can find me at trendbreakers.com is my website and then the communities that if you are an employer um, there it's on facebook you just look for Trendbreakers or on linkedin Again, I don't accept vendors, so there's no brokers or carriers in there. It's just for employers. But if you are in that situation that you negotiate for your company, we'd love to have you be a part of that group. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Steve your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to trendbreakers.com. Check out all the great work that they are doing and also find the community on LinkedIn and Facebook. Is that right, Steve? LinkedIn and Facebook? Perfect. Yep, yep. Well, thank you again. Appreciate it. And for me until on. next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.